Hello, podcast people. It's Ophira Eisenberg, host of Ask Me Another. And I'm Jonathan Colton, your favorite acoustic puzzle rock god. And guess what? We are hitting the road again. This time, Pittsburgh. Ask Me Another will be at the Biome Theater on Tuesday, September 29th for a live show. And get this, our very important puzzlers are none other than the brainy women behind NPR's hit podcast, Invisibilia, Elise Spiegel, and Lulu Miller. They have promised us that they will stay completely visible during the show, but you may want to check it out for yourself. For information, go to amatickets.org. From NPR and WNYC, live from the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York, this is Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, your host for the next hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. Bon Appetit Magazine's editor-in-chief, Adam Rappaport, will be joining us later in the show. Perhaps he can explain why foodie somehow became the new F-word. <laughs> but before we get to all of that, let's get cooking with our one-man house band, Jonathan Colton. Hello, everybody. And to help explain the games, provide occasional hints, keep score, we have our puzzle guru, Mary Tobler. Hello. Let's get started with our first two contestants, Jessica Morello and Dave Miss. Dave, you own a candy company. What is one of the signature candies you sell? Uh, pistachio crack. Oh. <laughs> what, uh, what is in that? Uh, pistachios, butter, toffee, kind of sea salt. Sea salt, that's the crack part right there, right? The sea it's salt? It's all kind of the crack part. It's all kind of the crack part. Excellent. <laughs> Jessica, you do many interesting things. I do. <laughs> if I were to look at your resume, what is, uh, what's the job that might stand out? Um, maybe lettuce picker, but probably zookeeper. <laughs> zookeeper? Lettuce picker? Zookeeper? That, uh, what is that, a uh, Bachelor of the Arts that you needed to... Uh... Uh, <laughs> I was a film major. Film major, okay, yeah. Sorry, fine arts, fine arts, of course. <laughs> Zookeeper, what, what kind of animals? Um, I interned with the elephants. I worked in the children's zoo. I uh, scratched the warthog's children in back. the zoo? <laughs> <laughs> Our first game is called Isn't It Ironic? Turns out many people are confused as to what irony means. Mary, can you help clarify? Uh, no, well, n <laughs> okay. not in under an hour, because there are lots of different types of irony. There's verbal irony, dramatic irony, situational irony. And in this game, we're choosing to define irony as incongruous yet appropriate juxtapositions that highlight the discordant, revelatory nature of the universe. Ah, yes, of course. So this is about interesting coincidences. That's what this is about. If you have a better definition of the word irony, please feel free to send letters to Weekend Edition Sunday, Attention <laughs> Will Shorts. He will answer each one of them personally. Right now, contestants, we're going to ask you trivia questions about fun facts that we find ironic. Ring in when you know the answer. And the winner of this round will move on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Ironically... What's the best-selling holiday song by legendary songwriter Irving Berlin, who was Jewish? White Christmas? That is correct. Well done, Jessica. 
Ironically, Frank Beard is the usually beardless drummer for what rock band known for their facial hair? Jessica. ZZ Top. Yes. But I imagine this is for a reason. I turn to you, Jonathan Colton, as a musician. Yeah. Is it a, a safety hazard having a beard and drumsticks? Is oh, yeah, that what it's super, it's super dangerous. <laughs> super dangerous. The sticks, because the sticks will get caught in your beard and then it'll come right it's off. It's over, right? Yeah. It's over. Yeah. For you. Uh-huh. Ironically, what mammal can no longer be found in the wild in the state of Michigan despite its state's nickname? Jessica. Wolverine? That's a guess that is correct. Oh my yes. God. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dave, you knew that one? And you were you were Yes. Yes, yes you did. Slow. Slow. I'm slow. You're slow. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. It's okay. Don't get down on yourself. It's gonna be all right. Wolverine was a great guess, but you're also not from Michigan, so you just pulled that one out of nowhere. Oh yeah. All right. A zookeeper. Zookeeper, that's right. <laughs> it's all paying off for you right now. Sure like, really, is. all of a sudden, all of your jobs are long hours sense. of scooping poop. The next just... question is about lettuce. <laughs> Ironically, what inventor was born in 1847 to a woman who would later go deaf? Jessica. Alexander Graham Bell? Yes! <laughs> Given his last name, it's ironic that one of the co-founders of Wikipedia is from Alabama, not what part of the United Kingdom? Dave. Scotland. Uh, his last name is Scotland? Is that what you're saying? Birmingham. <laughs> oh, I, I see what's going on here. Just naming some <laughs> random places in the United Kingdom, hoping for the best. Lettuce. <laughs> I'm sorry, none of those are correct. <laughs> Jessica, do you want to uh, try to steal? No, no idea. idea. I'm sure some people are yelling this right now at the radio, but uh, let's throw it out to our audience. Wales. That is correct. Jimmy Wales is his name. No, both of them don't know and don't look impressed to now know. <laughs> <laughs> this is your last clue. Ironically, what athlete-turned-actor was considered to play the title role in The Terminator until producers decided that audiences would just not believe he could be a killer? Dave. O.J. Simpson. You got it. That is right. <laughs> Mary Tobler, how do these contestants do? Jessica has won this round. Congratulations. Well done, Jessica. You'll be moving on to our final round at the end of the show. Thank you so much, Dave Miss. And here we have our next two contestants, Lauren Fulton and Whitney Reynolds. Whitney, I love your hobby, making nerdy cocktails. I do indeed make nerdy cocktails. Okay, we need some examples. What do you I, I had a, when Avengers came out, I made a Dr. Banner, which was Old Tom Gin and Ice Sleepy Time Tea. <laughs> and then, of course, there is the Incredible Hulk, which was jalapeno-infused tequila, cilantro-infused sugar syrup, and lime juice with a little leaf of purple basil on top. Oh, that is beautiful. 
Lauren, you love movies to the extent that you are getting married soon and you're having a theme for your wedding? Yes, it's old Hollywood. Gorgeous. What's your cocktail? Uh, whatever makes you happiest. <laughs> Ask me later. Yeah, Whitney's going to tell you. She's working on it as we speak. Jonathan, what is our next game? Well, this game is titled Minimum Sentence. We're going to explore famous people whose names form a complete sentence because their last name sounds like a verb. So, Mary, will you give us an example of that? Sure. If he's not careful with where he points his signature cigar, this is what the old vaudeville comic might do to his wife, Gracie. And the answer would be George Burns. Right. That's a, <laughs> it's a sentence and also a terrible, terrible image. <laughs> I like it when our examples are super dark. Yeah. <laughs> Say goodnight, Gracie. <laughs> So, contestants, remember, every answer will be a famous name that sounds like a complete sentence. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Instead of taking the bus, this is what a civil rights icon does with her car when she reaches her destination. Whitney. Rosa Parks. That's right, Rosa Parks. This is what one of the members of Fleetwood Mac does if she shaves her legs with reckless abandon. Lauren. Stevie Nicks. You got it. The Half Windsor, The Four in Hand, and The Pratt are three examples of what the actor who portrayed Deputy Barney Fife does to neckties. Whitney. Don Knotts. Don Knotts, you got it. This is what the swimmer who won seven gold medals at the 1972 Olympic Games in Munich does when he's finished savoring the Chardonnay at a wine tasting. Lauren. Mark Spitz. That's right, Mark Spitz. Otherwise, uh, Mark gets drunk. He drinks and swims like a fish. Is that what you're trying to say? This is what Prince Charles's wife does with the gals on league nights down at the local alley. Whitney. Uh, Camila Parker Bowles. Yes, she does. This gravelly voice singer and member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame does this by the mailbox in expectation of his royalty checks. Whitney. Tom Waits. That's right. Okay, this is your last clue. This is what the singer of Oops, I Did It Again does to vegetables and cubed meat when making shish kebabs. Whitney. Britney Spears. That's right, Britney Spears. That was a close game, but Whitney has finished first. Congratulations, Whitney. Lauren, thank you so much. Whitney, you'll be moving on to our final round at the end of the show. What wine should you pair with an interview with our VIP or very important puzzler, editor-in-chief of Bon Appetit, Adam Rappaport? We'll ask him. Plus, we'll find out if Adam knows his chilies from his Applebee's. Stick around. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. everybody, heads up, Hidden Brain is a brand new podcast from NPR about social science that you can apply to your life. Get a preview of Shankar Vedantam's Hidden Brain podcast beginning on September 4th and learn on this one 
why arguments sometimes get off track. <laughs> sometimes. Find the Hidden Brain Podcast at npr.org slash podcasts and on your NPR One app. This episode of Ask Me Another and the following message is supported by Target. With the made-to-matter, hand-picked by Target Collection, better-for-you brands like Cascadian Farm, Stonyfield, Plum Organics, Method, and more are available to explore in-store and at target.com slash made-to-matter. You're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Ophira Eisenberg. Coming up, we'll get the story behind some children's nursery rhymes. Plus, we'll see if Bon Appetit editor-in-chief Adam Rappaport can take the heat of the puzzle hot seat. Our next two contestants are both esteemed members of Major League Eating. Please welcome competitive eaters Crazy Legs Conti and Eric Badlands Booker. Welcome. Thank you for having us. It is my absolute pleasure. I have many questions for the two of you because uh, we are super interested in what you do. So first of all, Crazy Lakes, what is your food of choice when it comes to competitive eating? Do you have a I, favorite? I do have a favorite food. I just got back from New Orleans where we did the Acme Oyster Eating Contest. And this year, the oysters were so large, someone compared them to beef tongues. They were oh. that big. Very creamy, so it was a pretty tough year on the uh, pro-eating circuit in New Orleans. <laughs> uh, and, and how'd you do? Uh, I finished fifth, which isn't bad. I was the 2002 world champion. I've sort of been chasing that moment ever since. So the oysters are my favorite because it's kind of a homecoming for me. And there's a street down there named Katai, which is my last name. So I feel at home there. And when we're talking, you come in fifth. How many oysters is that? Uh, it's well over uh, 100. Badlands, how about you? What is your food of choice for competitive eating? Well, I'm pretty much an omnivore, but I think uh, the things that I do best in is uh, buffalo wings and hot dogs. Oh, nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some classics. You got some classics. Uh-huh. Uh, and what, how do you train? Well, you need four things in order to be a great competitive eater. You need capacity, you need stamina, you need strategy, and you need focus. What I call being hungry and focused. Hungry and focused. And I hear, uh, Badlands, that you also have a hidden talent. Yeah, I have a little genre of music called competitive eating themed hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> Can we have a uh, sample? What's up, eating fans? They call me Badlands, top ranked American eating champion, AKA the all day buffet. And when it comes to doing game shows, I don't play. With you eating a week, I eat in mere minutes. But all you can eat buffets out of business. Just in case you forgot who the heck is this, I'm Badlands Booker in effect. Bear witness. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. This is going to be so good, this game. I can tell. <laughs> this is going to be so good. So with two competitive eaters on stage, clearly we have to play a food musical game. <laughs> That's right. Uh, a food musical game. You know that kind of game, of course. <laughs> this game is called We're Not Gonna Bake It. Nice, nice. And it is based on the Twisted Sister song We're Not Gonna Take It. As you might expect, we have rewritten the lyrics to be about baked goods making it the least revolutionary revolution song ever. All you have to do is tell us which baked good I am singing about. 
Ring in when you know the answer, and the winner will face off against our VIP Adam Rappaport in a special trivia game later on in the show. It goes a little something like this. We're not gonna bake it. No, we ain't gonna bake it. We're not gonna bake it anymore. We've got the right to hate this. Last Christmas when we ate this, it weighed a ton. It made us gag. Badlands. Of course it's fruitcake. Of course it's fruitcake. <laughs> Brand name corn chips are silly When baked with cheese and chili Hot burn alert Please pass the Tums Badlands Uh, nachos? No, I'm sorry, it's not nachos Crazy Legs, do you, uh, do you know what this is? I'm gonna go with uh, Frito Pie You got it, Frito Pie Have you had that, Crazy Legs? Have you had Frito Pie? I've only had seven pounds, so I can't really say if it's good or bad. <laughs> was there a Frito Pie eating contest? There has not been Frito Pie, but Badlands was runner-up in the fruitcake eating contest. So it's yeah, no, well, how, many, really? how many pounds did you eat? No, I lost by one crumb to Sonia the Black Widow Thomas. I mean, she's 5'5", five, five, a buck oh five, and she beat me by... Five thousands of a pound, <laughs> which is like literally this. A crumb. That's the game, though. You know, what are you going to do? <laughs> We're not going to bake it. Real men ain't going to fake it. Ixnay on this egg dish from Lorraine. Crazy legs. Quiche. Quiche, you got it. Just a, a, tip, uh, a tip to anyone who's thinking of writing a rock and roll song. Do not put the words egg dish anywhere in the song that you are writing. <laughs> Have you uh, competed with any quiches? We do a variety of egg dishes. <laughs> we do uh, huevos rancheros. And I am the lumberjack breakfast eating champion. But um, with, that's actually pancakes and bacon. But you can order an egg side at the halfway point when you hit the wall just to oh, yeah. avoid flavor fatigue. <laughs> that that so. must be refreshing. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> These artsy, craftsy cutouts Shrivel when baked, but watch out They're plastic toys, not finger food Crazy Legs? Shrinky Dinks Shrinky Dinks Oh lordy, we are almost done with this game, everybody (laughs) (laughs) This is your last question We're not gonna bake it This loaf Ain't gonna make it. No green summer squash in our desserts. Hmm. Mary, do we have a hint for them? Sure. If you filed your recipes alphabetically, this would be near the back, almost at the very back. Crazy legs. Zucchini loaf? Yes, that's absolutely correct. Mary, how did our competitive eaters do? Congratulations, Crazy Legs. You're moving on to the VIP game against Bon Appetit editor Adam Rappaport. Congratulations, Crazy Legs. You don't 
have to eat 68 hot dogs in 10 minutes to get on this show because everyone knows that chewing on the radio is disgusting. To be a contestant or just scope out your competition, come to a live taping. For info, send us an email at askmeanother at npr.org or you can find us on Twitter or Facebook. We'll send you a quiz and see if you got the taste for trivia that belongs on our show. On our stage right now, we have Virginia Roberts and Grant Roberts. Welcome to Ask Me Another. You guys are visiting from Seattle, and I take it perhaps you are married with the same last name? We'll see how it goes. I mean. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, Virginia, you are an online dating coach, is that correct? That is correct. <laughs> but what's the number one tip you give people when writing their online ad? Um, don't follow the rules that the system gives you. Like, don't necessarily fill out the fields um, answering the questions that you were asked. And feel free to just omit answers if you think they're wildly inappropriate, like a lot of the OkCupid match questions are. You don't, you don't have to, this is not a deposition, so just do what you want. Do it however you yeah. want. Individualize yeah, do thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. that's good. Yeah, yeah. Take control. Yeah. Nice. Grant, you write the dialogue and the on-screen um, text for video games? That's true. Yes, I do. What, what are, I'm working on an unannounced project that involves a lot of fun characters to write. And yeah, Can you give me one line of dialogue from it? I think my favorite line of dialogue actually comes from a tree, and it's just ellipses. <laughs> Right. It's like the notes you don't you don't play in jazz. It's kind of like the word. That's not true at all. That's not true. You're deep, man. You're deep, Grant. <laughs> Our next game is called Sensational Spelling Bee. Have you ever noticed how some brands and titles have intentionally misspelled words to make them stand out? For example, the word blue in Blu-ray is spelled B-L-U. This is called sensational or divergent spelling. So in this round, I'll give you a word and use it in a sentence. You will have to give me the intentional misspelling of the word as it's used in the sentence. Let's give it a shot. Fruit, as in the two-year-old spilled his Fruit Loops all over the table. Virginia. Fruit Loops. Okay. Oh, I'm great. F R. You said that one. Yeah. Just helping you out. Yeah, just uh, spell it. F R O O T. Exactly. That is right. I don't know if it's because they legally couldn't use fruit in its proper spelling. I'm not Probably. sure. Probably. <laughs> Cheese, as in, I spent Friday night at home alone watching The Notebook and eating an entire box of Cheez Its. Virginia. C-H-E-E-Z. <laughs> that is right. <laughs> I've never done that. Never. Yeah, you could have also just spelled the word lonely, <laughs> I think, would have worked. Uh, now, that would be something I, that I shouldn't put on my online profile, right? You'd be surprised. People respond well to they, humor, I think. Self-deprecating humor. Everybody feels What if that. that's not humor? <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to know that. <laughs> Inglorious, as in, I doubt the historical accuracy of Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards. Grant. I-N-G-L-O-U-R-I-O-U-S. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> sci-fi, as in, I was up all night watching a Twilight Zone marathon on the Sci-Fi channel. Grant. S-Y-F-Y. 
Yes, and you say that angrily, which I enjoy. <laughs> But that is correct. Through gritted teeth. Numbers, as in, I couldn't believe what happened in that episode of the CBS crime drama Numbers. Virginia. No? I'm going to take Sam. N U M B 3 R S. Yes. Happiness, as in, I thought Jaden Smith was even better than his dad, Will, in the pursuit of happiness. Virginia. H A P P Y N E S S. Yes, exactly. Well done. This is your last clue. Dog, as in, I had a lovely evening at the symphony with my charming companion, the rapper formerly known as Snoop Dogg. Virginia. D O G G. That is correct. Mary Tobler, how did our married contestants do? They did great. Virginia is the champ for this round. Well done, Virginia. Thank you. Grant, great job. Give your wife a kiss. She'll be moving on to our final round at the end of the show. Let's say hello to our next two contestants Amy Pasiak and Kevin Maroney. Amy, you are a classics major and you work in art conservation. Kevin, you published the New York Review of Science Fiction. It's true. Here is my first question for you, Amy. This is not a quiz, just curious. What is your favorite nursery rhyme?、Uh, Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. It's really the yeah, first one. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a great one. That is a great one. How does it go? Jack be nimble, Jack be quick, Jack jump over the candlestick. Yeah, weird, right? Yeah, and then what happens? Um, I don't I, think anything. He lights his、Doesn't、pants、say. on fire, maybe? I, I'm not sure anything happens it after gets, that. It gets, the candle gets taller. I'm pretty it sure. It does? Yeah. It's very strange. I'm pretty sure. That's、yeah. weird. He has to keep jumping, like the Olympics of candlesticks.、Oh. <laughs> Jack, all of a sudden, is a professional. I had no idea. Okay, well done. Kevin, what is your favorite nursery rhyme?、Uh, I have to go with the cow jumped over the moon. Cow jumped over the moon. That's a good one. Hey, diddle, diddle. Hey, diddle. Yeah, yeah. How's it go? Hey, diddle, diddle. The cat and the fiddle. The cow. Jumped over the moon. The little dog laughed to see such a sight, and the dish ran away with the spoon. That's right. And I'm pretty sure the dish was dating the fork, so there's a little controversy、yeah. there at the end. Yeah, there's some stuff going down. All right, that was an important little exercise because this game is called Nursery Rhyme News. In this game, we're going to give you fictional news reports that will describe the inspiration for popular nursery rhymes. You have to tell us what nursery rhyme we're talking about. Mary, could you give us an example? You might say, Look out! A giant cannon has fallen off the castle wall. Royal forces, including all the king's men, are working to repair. And that headline may have been the basis for the nursery rhyme, Humpty Dumpty. So, these headlines are based on actual theories behind the historical origins of these nursery rhymes, but nobody knows for sure. Was there an old lady who lived in a shoe? Perhaps it was just a studio apartment. We will never know. <laughs> Here we go. After 300 years, say goodbye to the wool tax of 1275, which has finally been repealed. No more worrying about three bags full. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now you can have 10. 
Bob Bob Black Sheep? Correct, Kevin. Traffic downtown is a mess this morning thanks to King Olaf II of Norway, who has destroyed the main thoroughfare over the River Thames. Take the tube, my fair lady. London Bridge is falling down? That's right. Well done, Amy. Here's a developing story. Three upstanding local businessmen got so excited ogling maidens at a morally dubious fair exhibit, they jumped in the tub. Amy. Scrub-a-dub-dub, three men in a tub. We'll take it. I think that's close enough. Okay, we're taking scrub-a-dub-dub? Yes. So that's what I learned in Michigan. You said scrub-a-dub-dub in Michigan. Yes. See, in Connecticut, we said rub-a-dub-dub. Oh. <laughs> What's hiding in your pie? Well, at one English monastery, it was thumbs, plums, and stolen deeds meant to bribe King Henry VIII. Amy. Is it Georgie Porgy? No, I'm sorry. He was all about the pudding pie. Four and 20 blackbirds? Oh, no. Oh, both both pie stories. <laughs> yeah. There's, There's a, a lot, lot of, of pie. There's pie? a lot of pie in these nursery rhymes. Everybody's eating pie all the time and getting each other clean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does anybody in the audience know which pie we are talking about? <laughs> Little Jack Horner, that's right. This is your last question. And now for the trend report. Ophira, what's hot and what's not for the Queen of Scots? What's hot? Popes. What's not? Cheating husbands. We're live with Mary's lady-in-waiting all in a row. Amy. Mary had a little lamb. No, that is, I'm sorry, incorrect. Kevin? I'm going to stick with my classic Mary, Mary, quite contrary. Yes, you got that. Speaking of Marys, how did our contestants do? They did wonderfully. We have a tie. Ooh. So here's your tiebreaker. Are you ready? No. Oh, wait, yes. All right. French revolutionaries rejoice. King Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette tried to leave their castle to fetch some drinks and lost their heads in the process. Jack and Jill? Yes, Kevin's correct. Jack and Jill. That was a close game. Nice work, both of you. Kevin, you will be moving on to our final round at the end of the show. Thank you so much, Amy. Well done. Stay tuned. We'll talk to Bon Appetit's Adam Rappaport about what's trending in the world of dining. Is he ready to face off against competitive eater Crazy Legs Conti in a food game we've created just for them? Find out. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. Thanks so much again for listening to Ask Me Another, and a reminder to check out a brand new podcast from NPR, Hidden Brain. It's social science you can apply to your life. Get a preview of Shankar Vedantam's Hidden Brain podcast beginning on September 4th, and you can learn about why arguments sometimes get off track. Yeah, sometimes, just sometimes. Find the Hidden Brain podcast at npr.org slash podcasts and on your NPR One app.
We'd like to thank one of our sponsors. Did you know that anyone can call themselves a financial planner without any sort of financial planning education or training and no required ethical standard? It's true. That's why the more than 71,000 certified financial planner professionals, sponsors of this podcast, want to make sure that you only work with a financial planner who's been properly vetted to uphold the highest standard in education and experience and is required to put your interests above their own. Visit letsmakeaplan.org and find a CFP pro near you. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR and WNYC's Hour of Trivia, Puzzles, and Word Games. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me is Bon Appetit Editor-in-Chief Adam Rappaport. (laughs) Welcome to Ask Me Another. Well, I'm glad to be here. So my first question is about the word foodie, because I thought it was fine. But it turns out, on this show, I asked people about being a foodie, and they were said it, it was insulting and outdated. It's, it's what's annoying. Going on? It's, it's annoying. It's annoying. Right. It's kind of. It's one of. The, and also, people are always like, "Oh my god, my friend is like a total foodie," or "My friend is a huge foodie." It's never just foodie. It's always like a huge foodie. Oh my god, my cousin, such a foodie. Um, yeah, why can't you just eat food? Like I like to eat food. Wow, no way. I eat food every day, also. <laughs> What do you call someone with an adventurous palate? Yeah, you know, literally when I, I started Bon Appetit a couple years ago, and I was like, all right, we're not using the word foodie ever again. And everyone's like, well, what are we going to use? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, hmm, I don't, a food lover, uh, food, food, lover in, food enthusiast. So the irony is that there's not a great alternative. Okay, we're still working on one. Yeah, you're That's a person. You eat food every day. You know, what's wrong with that? Do you think it's an exciting time in food right now as a country? It's in saying how far we've come and how sort of high the standards have risen in terms of, um, A, the quality ingredients that you can buy. I mean, growing up, there, uh, there was no such thing as arugula growing up, you no. know? Like, wild mushrooms didn't exist. Um, you know, there's so many things we take for granted now and, like, good coffee, all that stuff. And not only can is it much more accessible, um, but because of the internet, uh, <laughs> it's you can, no matter where you are, you know what's going on elsewhere in the country in terms of if you're a cook or a chef, you, you know what's going on at different, you know, food blogs to restaurant menus. Like, it's, yeah, you have no excuse not to be eating well these days, I think. And it's, it's kind of fascinating, and I think it's awesome. So how does it work with food trends? Now, you used mm. to uh, be the fashion editor at GQ. Style editor. Style editor. Yeah, we call it, in, in the men's business, we call it style. All right. We don't call it fashion. I, I get it. No yeah. foodie, big, no fashion. Big, big, big I get difference. It. I yes. get it. Uh, so, but, so does food trends, does that work in any similar way to fashion trends? Is this? Um, yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, it always starts somewhere. And I think maybe sometimes with food, it's a little bit easier to trace um, who sort of like was the first person to put something on the menu, whether it's Brussels sprouts, for instance, that you see everywhere. Pork belly, that exploded. Yes, pork belly. Um, yeah, you, you can generally trace it back to a particular chef. Um, most of the time, you know, the pork everything, for instance. Uh, you know, and I think and a lot of it is just, I think it, because people like it. I think there's certain things like pork belly and Brussels sprouts that they're good. Um, there are other trends, like the whole foraging thing, and it's like, okay, it's interesting. Do I really want moss on my plate? Um, 
Right, how many people enjoy yes. this. It's, like, it's one thing for like the foodie elites sure. and, and us food writers to write about something, but you know, does it really catch on on a much broader scale? Now, are you more of a classic, you know, just give me like a rustic piece of bread and a great bowl of pasta, or do you like people injecting <laughs> needles into um, their... Uh, no, you know, honestly, it's like I always, you know, if I had to eat one cuisine, I always say it would be Italian because... If you eat Italian food, I never think of it as a cuisine. It's like, all right, let's take good ingredients, whether uh, it's tomatoes, whether it's mushrooms, whether it's pasta, whether it's bread, whether it's steak, whether it's fish, and cook it simply with some olive oil and salt. And that's good ingredients that are speaking for themselves. Um, and I think I've always sort of leaned that way. Right. So you don't you don't like the laboratory. If I had Bunsen burners and some Erlenmeyer no, flasks in my no, kitchen, no, I mean that annoys. Especially when they, I don't want like a waiter to lecture me, so I have to explain <laughs> to me how to eat something, and it's just like, oh, dude, just like stop. I'm like, I'm trying to have fun here. Like, stop telling me what to do. Like, right. that drives me nuts. Okay, so now based on that, when we were trying to think of a prize that you would provide our, the winner of the show, the grand prize winner, one million dollars, one million dollars, you said yes. Uh, but the prize we had before that, we were like, oh, we, maybe the winner could call you from a restaurant and tell, th- tell you what they're eating, and then you would suggest a wine pairing. And you were like, yeah. absolutely not. Yes. I have a problem with pontificating about gravelly undertones and raspberry overtones. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God. Just order the bottle of wine you like. Thank you. Apparently, I struck a chord. So you're in a new place, you've never been to some city, and you're going to go out for lunch, let's say. Are you, would you just go out there and take a shot or make a mistake, or would you go on Yelp? Are you a Yelp uh, lover? No, definitely not Yelp. No Yelping. No. Like, well, I, they, I don't want to, like, I went to this place for my anniversary, and it was just, like, they service. I was like, dude, what are you, uh, like, get, get a life. I mean, I don't understand people who comment on Yelp, I don't understand people who trust Yelp. I'm happy to go on the record of, like, I do not like that site. <laughs> Quote me on that one, please. Uh, I can tell you have strong opinions, Adam. Sometimes. I like it. Uh, which makes me think that you're going to be a very good contestant, mm, a competitor. I might not have good knowledge, though. That's okay. Yes. I think you'll be surprised. Are you willing to take a little Ask Me Another Challenge? Yes, ma'am, I am. Fantastic. How about a hand for our VIP, Adam Rappaport? VIP. Let's welcome back our one-man house band, Jonathan Colton, and our puzzle guru, Mary Tobler. Sad news. Unfortunately, Crazy Legs Conti ate too many fried clams during the break, and he had to bow out of the contest. So we're happy to welcome back from our game, We're Not Gonna Bake It, competitive eater, Badlands Booker. What's good, everybody? So, Adam, you regularly eat at the fanciest restaurants in the country, but what do you know about how the 99% eat? (laughs) We're going to find out. Jonathan and I are going to read reviews from Yelp.com. Oh, wow. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And they are of major restaurant chains across America. You have to guess which ones these are. And we've condensed the reviews significantly, but they are actual reviews. And we should say that the opinions in these reviews in no way reflect our feelings, or NPRs for that matter, about food or the restaurants mentioned. 
The breadsticks are good, of course. Their television commercial is misleading because with any entree, you get either salad or soup. Not both. The only the salad is unlimited, not the soup. This is a travesty. That person knows the definition of travesty, clearly. Also, their unlimited soup and salad deal is a bit of a sham because you can get unlimited soup, but only of one specific flavor. This is also a crime against humanity. <laughs> Adam. I'm going to go with Olive Garden. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Woo! But just to let everyone know, we called the Olive Garden, and they said officially that you can switch soups <laughs> in the unlimited deal. And that you can technically get unlimited soup with any entree, even though they don't advertise that. This place is basically just a glorified Arby's. <laughs> where the nice lady in the red and white shirt with flair brings you your food and refills your iced tea. But yeah, I am a fan of the stuffed potato skins. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to admit I enjoy the occasional Sesame Jack chicken strip. <laughs> to be honest, I celebrate the entire appetizer catalog. In the words of my man, Kanye, I don't care what none of y'all say, I still love her. Badlands. I'm going to take a stab and say it's, uh, it's Wendy's? No, it's I'm not you. Wendy's. Adam. I'm going to say Yeezy would say TGI Fridays. That's right, TGI Fridays. The red, the red and white striped shirt, yeah, man. Come right. on. That's right. That's old school. That's Fridays. Yeah, Fridays. the appetizer catalog. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. This place was perfectly fine. I really wanted their Aussie cheese fries, which are so good you don't need to eat anything else. Sandra got some sort of lobster steak combo deal, <laughs> and I got a California chicken salad. We had a kind of big dude southern waiter. I tried to joke around with him, but he wasn't really having it. It was St. Patrick's Day. Someone had to be wheeled out on a stretcher when we first came in. So maybe he was stressed out about that. Badlands. That's Outback Day. That is Outback. I love the authority. It's Outback. There was no doubt on that answer. All right, this is your last question. Our server, Michaela, was dressed in a sailor's costume, and her timing was perfect. But the food here is absolutely awful. My date and I just let our food sit on the table and enjoyed an exciting football game. When I got home, my mother couldn't believe I took a date there. It's the saddest sentence in the world. Neither can I. However, there's something so appealing about drinks, bar food, scantily clad waitresses, and a great game on TV. God bless this restaurant! Badlands. It's gotta be Hooters. It sure does. Yeah! Man! He's too quick. Too quick. Mary, uh, what, what happened in that game? It was so close, it was actually a tie. Ooh. Are you gentlemen ready for a tiebreaker? Yes, yes we are. Ooh. Here we go. This place is good, but I hate the cilantro rice. You can ask for plain white rice instead. I had the fajita burrito... It was the size of my head. Adam? Oh, boy. I know it's one of two, and the question is, mm, chilies? 
No, I'm sorry. Oh. Badlands for the win. Badlands, do you know what it is? Um, da 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 da. What's that? Dog on legs. Dog on. He's finding his way. He's finding his way. He's got a method. Of ah. Oh, Adam. You... Can I bought it. I don't know. Can I try another? <laughs> I don't see why not. I get I, Badlands. Maybe you want to make a guess um, first. Um, um, it's not Chi Cheese, is it? No, oh. it's not Chi Cheese. Cilantro rice. Oh, wait, wait. It's not Chipotle. Chipotle. Cilantro rice. I like the cilantro rice there. It's good. I think we can say, in all fairness, that you're both winners. (laughs) (laughs) But that was a blast. Thank you so much, Badlands, for being a fantastic competitor. Badlands. And have a huge round of applause for our VIP, Adam Rappaport. Now it's time to crown this week's grand champion. Let's bring back from Isn't Ironic, Jessica Morello. From Minimum Sentence, Whitney Reynolds. From Sensational Spelling Bee, Virginia Roberts. And from Nursery Rhyme News, Kevin Maroney. They'll be playing our Ask Me One More final round, and I'm going to ask puzzle guru Mary Tobler to lead our final game. With pleasure, Ophira. This last round is called The Last Film I'd Want to See. Fittingly, each answer is a film title that contains the word last. For example, if I asked you for a movie in which Tom Cruise bravely fights ninjas, you would answer The Last Samurai. Now, we're playing this spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You'll only have a few seconds to give us an answer. The last person standing will be our grand prize winner. Now, remember, all of the answers are movie titles with the word last somewhere in that title. Here we go. Jessica, in this Raiders of the Lost Ark sequel, Sean Connery is introduced as Indiana Jones' dad. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Correct. Whitney. A 1997 teen horror film starring Sarah Michelle Gellar or what a teacher might say to a student after she gives her first report at the start of the school year. I know what you did last summer. Correct. Virginia, four words. Daniel Day Lewis moccasins. Oh, the last of the Mohicans. Yes. Kevin, in this controversial 1988 drama, Willem Dafoe has a reasonably good time as the son of God until Judas, played by Harvey Keitel, betrays him. Last Temptation of Christ. Correct. (laughs) Jessica, Forrest Whitaker won a Best Actor Award for playing Idi Amin in this 2006 film. The Last King of Scotland. Correct. (laughs) Whitney. Julia Stiles hoofs it hip-hop style into our hearts in this 2001 teen drama. Save the Last Dance? Yes. Virginia, it's the Martin Scorsese documentary about the final performance of the band, The Band, with ironically little music in three-quarter time. I have no idea. The last band? Nope. No. Kevin. The Last Waltz. Correct. And Virginia, I'm sorry. Thank you, but that means you're out. Jessica, 
Starring Demi Moore and Rob Lowe, this film about sex and relationships was based on the David Mamet play, Sexual Perversity in Chicago. Last Friday Night, something like that? No, I'm sorry, Whitney. Last answer I'm going to give on this stage. No. <laughs> Kevin, can you get it for the win? Starring Demi Moore and Rob Lowe, this film about sex and relationships was based on the David Mamet play, Sexual Perversity in Chicago. About last night. Correct. <laughs> Kevin Maroney, you are our Ask Me Another big winner. You are getting an amazing prize. You are getting the grilling book. It is like a Bible that Bon Appetit has put together for all of your grilling needs. Plus, Adam Rappaport is going to give you personalized tips, dining tips for your next dinner party with your friends. So congratulations. That's all we have time for right now, but you can be a puzzle player anytime, anyplace. Take us with you by downloading our podcast, or you can always find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Mary Tobler. Hey, my name anagrams to later, my bro. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Thou jolt a cannon. Our puzzle editor is Art Chung, with additional puzzle writing by Travis Larchuk, Josiah Madigan, Brock Mayen, Adam Markowitz, John Sellers, and Noah Tarno. Ask Me Another is produced by Jesse Baker, Josh Rogeson, John Asante, and Eleanor Kagan, along with Portia Robertson-Migas and Eric Newsom. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore and Kristen Moeller and Jeff O'Neill. We'd like to thank The Bell House, Hot Heel Blues, our home in Brooklyn, New York, and our production partner, WNYC. I'm her right begonias, Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, Tony Award-winning actress Sutton Foster helps us butcher one of her signature songs. They're frat boy dudes who like to party. Their love team of sports is hardy. Come before hoes. <laughs> Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia.